this is Tim Heidecker. I'm making a podcast for my record called Fear of Death, working title Fear of Death. I'm uh, speaking with two of my collaborators on the record, Natalie Maring yeah. and Drew Erickson. Hello. 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 <laughs> um, I think we could start, let me just start with some context. Is, I'm, am I, is it okay that I'm not looking at you? You don't have to look at us. Okay. We, to backtrack, I know you, Natalie, because um, the the common link between us is Father John Misty. Yeah. Do you know that? I, I didn't know that. How how was that link made? Well, we both, this was last, uh, last end of 2018, um, we both performed at his... Um, oh, that's right. The fire benefit. Fire benefit, benefit at the Ace Hotel. And I'd, I actually knew who you were because Jonathan Rado had told me about you. He said he was uh, producing you and described you as a very talented uh, singer, songwriter. Thank you. In the, in the, and he said, you would really like her music because he knows what kind of music I like. And he was right. But I knew the name. And then we ended up on the same bill, which was this uh, Father John Misty uh, uh, benefit. And um, I, you were going right before me and you were singing a very clear memory because I'm not usually a guy that... <laughs> ding. Ding, 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 ding. It's like your time has expired. <laughs> Drew, do you want a drink? I'm sorry. I forgot to offer you a drink. Yeah. I'd like a drink. Would you like a... I only have beer. Beer? beer oh, yeah. That's great. See, now we're warming up. Mm-hmm. Nice, I get the Asahi. So I, I usually don't, it's nerve wracking for me to play music in front of people. It's not as nerve wracking to do comedy, but I was going to play some songs and uh, I'd written a new song about the fires that was satirical about the uh, Trump's message of raking the floor, raking the forest floors. That was sort of the, and I'd just written it, so I was nervous because I was going to play this new song that I had not, had, I had not played for anybody. And uh, you were on first, and you were destroying the room with a beautiful version of, oh, I think it was Oh Holy Night. Yes, it was Oh Holy Night. It was like a, just like a baller move to slay everybody with your pipes. Yeah, and Drew was there accompanying. And Drew was playing piano. It's true. And so I was th- on the side stage watching this going, I got to follow this now. And thinking like, I, th- I sort of had negative feelings about you. <laughs> that she's too cool for me. She, she, I don't know. She's like, she's like a John, Father John Misty, uh, cool kid. They're going to laugh at me in my songs. But then you said, up next is the star of the number one TV show, Decker, introduced me. And I was like, aha, I see. Yeah. I see. <laughs> so you, I always think nobody knows who I am and that I don't belong anywhere. I'm a big loser. Yeah. And I'm a big weirdo. So I, I knew about you right. at that point. You had seen all the stuff. Most of the stuff, yeah. <laughs> You're a fan, perhaps. I saw the comedy. 
You saw the comedy. And you I get cried because it. it was not funny. No. <laughs> no, it was funny. Cell phones off. That was somebody. That was like a Star Wars. <laughs> that was Wars. mine. I'm really sorry. That was the um, Back to the Future thing, right? Right. Sorry, guys. I um, meet. I talked to you briefly after the show. I know your manager. I know him through other people. <laughs> uh, we say hello. I compliment you. I'm sure. Um, and then I believe I find out that Doug. You know Doug Lucenhop. You know other friends of mine. You, I said, why don't you come and would you come and do my podcast, uh, my office hours podcast, not this podcast. That would be a little. We'd be cutting way into the future. Yeah. If I was talking about that, um, I said, come and why don't you? If you would, you're invited to come and and uh, come in and talk on the podcast. And you do come to the podcast studio at nine in the morning. Mm-hmm. Very cool move for a rock and roll person. <laughs> was it late? I think were I was. Were you late? I, no, I you were, you were was right on time. On time. Okay, yeah. good. You come in. We have a nice chat. And in the midst of that chat, we I say, I got this song brewing. Maybe uh, we should do a song together some way, somehow. You're very amenable. Probably just being polite. But maybe, maybe genuinely interested in making music with me. We don't know. We'll never know. <laughs> we will never know. I don't know if you can access your those original feelings, but uh, I, I was totally bullied into it, man. <laughs> <laughs> so we had a nice chat. The audience loved you. This is before your hit record comes out, by the way. Yeah. This is pre. This is Titanic. Pre Titanic. Pre launching of the Titanic. Yep. <laughs> On that fateful voyage. <laughs> so nobody knows you. No, they do know you. There's a you have great respect in the industry. Yeah. But we and I just I honestly didn't know your music very well. But I, I like talking to people I don't know very well because it can be a genuine like intra, you know investigative journalism that I do. Yeah. Just <laughs> completely flying off the cuff. Yeah. Why are you here? Um. And. I was at, um, you know, I was out at the Father John Misty thing. You were at the, you have entered the picture as a sort of a background extra. Shadowy well, no, I figure. Had a, I, you don't remember this, but. Oh, I, yeah. I, I do remember only that you've now reminded me, but go ahead. Well, I was going to say, the way we met is I walked into the dressing room and you were there by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> no, you were there by yourself. Yeah. And uh, I said, sorry, I'm in your dressing room. You said, no, this restroom. I mean, not restroom. You said, this dressing room is for all of us, you know, at the event. He said, I'm not fucking Weezer. Because Weezer was like the only band that... <laughs> they had their own dressing room at that yeah. thing. Yeah, rightly so. And yeah. you were like, this is a cool guy. This is right? a people's I'm a, guy. I'm a man I was of like, the people. Yeah, I was like, wow, he's really a man of the people. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do remember that um, in a way. So... Yeah, he doesn't remember. Uh... We had a great interview in Office Hours, which I think I'll fold into this conversation here. Does he do a pick? Um, or does he do his one th- and two finger and go... Lung, 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 I think lung, I wrote lung, a song... Lung, fingers. I wrote a song... Oh, should I do this? You wrote, I wrote a, song? a song... Can we hear it? ...that I think you would kill if, I pl- if you sang it. Okay. Tim. This won't be perfectly in tune, but I'll, Tim I'll give you the gist of the song. Attention. It goes... Uh, uh,
making it about me. <laughs> like now, I live now. in fear of everyone. I don't feel understand. I don't want to. Don't count on us becoming friends. I think I'm done growing. I think I'm done growing. I think I'm done growing. Yeah. I hope you understand I don't think we'll be coming friends I think I'm done growing I think I'm done growing I think I'm done growing Fear of death oh, This is a really depressing <laughs> song Fear of death oh. Fear of death Fear of death Is keep Wouldn't you kill that one? Yeah. I mean, it's not a good message. <laughs> Fear of death is keeping me alive for sure. So we'll, we'll record that together. invite me to come see you at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery uh, for a big show and uh, which now wouldn't even be a big show for you think about that yeah we've, be a nothing we've show. grown it would be a nothing show yeah we grew up but I got wonderful uh, seats provided by you the artist <laughs> <laughs> and I went with Vic Berger and we sat there and we're Really genuinely um, blown away by the show, very entertained and moved. And, and, and what's remarkable is I said, let's go to the after party. Wow. Which is not something I like to do. Yeah. I like to get out of there. Go home. I've had enough. But I go to the after party with Vic. We're in the still. You're there and you're moping around. Nobody knows what to do. But this kid comes out of the woodwork. Shadows. The shadows of the party comes right up to me like a real asshole. <laughs> no respect for my privacy or my personal space. No, I'm just kidding. Drew comes up, who I apparently had met already but didn't remember, and says, What? 
Um, We're talking about said, this like we signed. No, no, like, no, no. This is how the I, country was formed. Or well, something. I played that. Yeah. Why do I? Why is this? I played that night with Natalie. So I, I was on uh, mic, please. I uh, sat in on the organ uh, that night uh, for the show, and maybe we were talking, and we had met before, and you said something about. I don't know. You asked me what I've been doing or some kind of thing. And Mm -hmm. then you, we were talking and it it led to you saying you had written some songs that you think would be good for you and Natalie to sing together. And then I, you know, I'd had a couple of drinks and I was just like, let's do it. (laughs) He literally, (laughs) I was like, well, let's, let's try to make it happen. Yeah. This was a Thursday night. Um, and you really, I thought i remembered a little differently that you were a little more proactive, like, Oh, I could get a band together. I could get a studio. If, if Natalie's free, we could do it next week. I probably said that. I think he said that you were bold. (laughs) And then we walked over to Natalie who was signing autographs or something, you know, it was her night. I think I was slicing cake, slicing cake. Yeah. You were, I think there's a picture of you and I in front of the cake that we can document somehow. Um, and I, and Drew was like, do you want to record next week with Tim? And you said, sure. And then I just kind of left that night going like, well, we'll see what happens with that. Drew, I don't know about you, Natalie, but Drew, he calls me. He yeah, doesn't, Drew's he doesn't old school. text me. Caller, yeah. Yeah, he's he calls old school. me. And half the time I say, I don't want to talk. I can't talk right now. I can't. It's always a risk. Yeah. But I actually think it's always really important. Right, that's why I'm so worried. Why, I get yeah, worried I get little, right away. Yeah. Uh oh, what now? That was my first reaction to the phone call. Oh well, it's usually like, oh, I guess it's not going to happen, or Natalie died. <laughs> no. <laughs> hey, hey, it's Drew. I'm just calling to let you know Natalie died, so we're not recording next week. But no, you called the next day and said, "So I've got a band and I've got a studio." And uh, Monday and Tuesday, can you can you do Monday and Tuesday? And I said, I'll may I I certainly can. And he said, Well, what are you going to record? And, and I said, Well, I got some songs. I'll look look through my files and find. I always have a bunch of songs lying around that aren't finished or I feel might be workable. One of them was the thing I did with Natalie in the on the podcast, and uh, sent them your way. I I think it's funny. I never really, I haven't heard, I didn't hear back about like the songs or anything. (laughs) Just like, I remember driving to that session being like, there's a chance that like nobody's even like, this isn't, this was like a big mistake or something. That's not even real. Yeah. Or it was just like, oh, sorry, man. I, I fucked up. I, I, I thought, I thought you were kidding or something, but, uh, I mean, it's too good to be true. It was too good to be true for sure because I get there and it's the coolest studio in the world, Valentine Studios. Right, yeah, it's a beautiful spot. It's like a time capsule. Yeah, it's like a, it's a time capsule. It, it is a time capsule. It hasn't changed since the 50s. Yeah, it's it's like it's got the linoleum floors and the orange sofas and the beautiful old reel-to-reel desks and carpeted walls car- and wood car- paneling yeah baffles asbestos it baffles tile. my mind <laughs> some asbestos tile <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was like they closed the doors in 1974 and then opened them up a few years ago mm-hmm. which is kind of almost what happened right yeah it was a used car or it was a classic car place for a while the studio shut down i think in the 70s and 
was he was operating his car refurbishment business out of there, and there was just car parts in there before <laughs> Nick found it. And he, they removed all the parts, and then there was this beautiful, pristine studio there. Jesus. That's the story. Wow. So, Asbestos and crude oil. <laughs> yeah. So Good combo. And you brought these musicians together. Do you remember who was there in the first couple of days, the first yeah. day? Yeah, it was Stella Mazgawa from who's was my old roommate and also like a fantastic drummer from Warpaint. She was playing. Uh Zach Dawes uh from Many Mansions was playing bass and Benji how do you say Lysat. 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 Lysol. Sorry, Benji. <laughs> from the Lysol Benji was playing guitar. Detergent or the Lysol disinfectant. Family. Did we have anybody else the first day, or was that it? And then Sean Cook, the engineer, yeah, amazing. He was there. We had, I was there. And Natalie, Natalie showed, showed up. up. Showed mm-hmm. up. With everybody being sort of like, oh, we got the songs over the weekend. They're real rough. We can play some of them. And, yeah, they get it. I mean, I write basically, you know, nursery rhymes. They're not that complicated. I'm not writing like a... Uh, What's a good prog rock reference? You're not writing a Starless by King Crimson. <laughs> King, King Crimson was what I was trying to get in my head. They're simple. Everyone gets it. There's a reference to it. And everybody are like top-notch musicians. So I'm in heaven. Because Drew's playing piano. And we're laying it down as, as a, like a band. Natalie starts finding her parts, and we did like three songs that day. Yeah. Yeah. It was a very, uh, we flourished. It was a productive day. And then it was like, well, we're going to, we had the two days booked, so the idea was we'd come back the next day and do another three songs, Mm -hmm. two or three songs. And who shows up on that day? But the Lemon Twigs. The Lemon Twigs. Jonathan Rado. And Jonathan Rado roll in as if like this is just what they do with their their lives is roll around town and play on guys' records. Yeah, like I'm in some kind of Harry Nilsson biopic. Just three part harmonies automatically. Right. Yeah, these guys come in. That was part of the reason we ru- rushed to do the session. So, oh, that was part of the reason we put the session together so quick because the Twigs were only in town for another week or something. Yeah. These guys come in. They're dressed like they're in the spiders from Mars, right? Mm-hmm. They're young as hell. I don't even know how. They're very young. They're Generation Z. Yeah. Gen they're Z. They're absolutely excited, but also kind of like the, you imagine the Ray Davies, Dave Davies vibe going. A lot of yeah. bickering. There's a rock guy and there's a beautiful there's a melodies yeah. guy. <laughs> yeah. But they come in and play on... Uh, Will you come away with me? And right away, they're like, oh, it's like the faces. We're going to play this like the faces. And they get into this groove. Everybody gets in this groove. And Brian plays lead guitar, and he's just wailing all over this thing. They're singing on everything. What is there to say? Yeah, they're so talented, it it kind of hurts, honestly. It's just like... They played on your record. Yeah, they played on my record. And when I first heard their records, I was pretty blown away. But when I saw yeah, them live too. for the first time in a festival, it was in um, in Holland. I went to a really small club show and I was really lucky to see them live. But I felt like it was like a weird punk show and I was like 13 years old. It was just the coolest, the most, most rock and roll thing I've oh ever seen. Oh my God. 
<laughs> I took my friend John C. Riley, Academy Award nominee, <laughs> collaborator of mine, and good friend. I was like, you got to come see these this, these kids play. And they played in L.A. at a, fairly, a bigger show, but they're not playing. You know, they're, they're still like, you know. They're underrated. They're underrated. And he was like, he, it was like he had just gone, saw, saw God or El, uh, Elton John at like the Troubadour, you know, like it was that yeah, impactful that to, to us. We were both like so gobsmacked and in love with these guys and their energy. And I was just so felt, I felt so grateful to have them working on this record and singing and coming up with, there's so many cool harmony parts they added that they worked out themselves. Right. On the spot. On the spot. And again, they were people that knew me and I'd been talking to them about trying to do something. So they were like happy to do it too. And then Rado comes in and, you know, he produced my last record. He produced your record. He's got very strong opinions about... He's got fairy dust. Yeah. He comes in and sprinkles it. And he loves it and he loves kind of showing it off. So he can come in and listen to what we've been working on and be like, take out that thing. Try this. You know, he like starts doing his thing. Yeah. He played guitar and bass and roto toms. Yeah. He got in there (laughs) and everybody had fun. And so we had these like, I think we had probably five songs that that, over those two days. Something like that. Something like that. And then there was a, a plan to that was Monday, Tuesday. There's a plan on Friday that you put together, Drew, to go to another studio for Natalie and I to do a little vocal work. Right. Vox. Redo some vocals at Vox Studios. And some I, magic happened. Some magic happened there. Make more <laughs> songs. So that's Friday night. We had worked for a few hours and I had sent these guys. I was really I couldn't uh, I was so energized by those two days and so like excited about making music, so impressed with everybody. And so it's such a fun time because everybody is so friendly and laughing at my jokes, you know, and and I think they everybody was having fun because they got like they were hanging out with somebody that they usually don't hang out with, I think. I was having a blast. I, I had a blast. I, I never get to hang out with, you know anybody besides music people right and so we were all vibing off each other that's what i say a lot now (laughs) vibing off each other and i so i was like as soon as i got done with those two days i was all buzzing around and we were listening to i was listening to the songs we had done the rough mixes and stuff and i wrote another song you know so it's kind of inspired me to write more music from those two days and i wrote this one song called nothing and it was a real bouncy kind of piano Nilsony kind of thing. I sent it to you guys. Always nervous. Always thinking I'm sending trash. Like, take a listen to this, but it, don't worry if you don't like it. It's probably no good. Um, but then you guys said it was good. Who knows? You know, you're like, oh, maybe it is. And then we're mixing this album and there's a piano in one of the rooms. And I was like, do you guys want to try to do this one tonight? It was asking a lot because you had a show to do. You were supposed to do a show. (laughs) I didn't do that show. But it was also the day that your record came out. Do you remember that? Was that it really? It was the day your record came out. Wow. Yeah. What was I I doing there? I know know what I was doing there. Well, we celebrated the record coming out on another day. Right. With the cake. 
Yeah. And right. then it was time. The to actual get back day in the is studio. like there's not much to do. Yeah, and what we were right. doing in the studio, I mean, yeah, when we recorded nothing, that was pretty spontaneous, and that yeah, was fun. We yeah. we we went. Natalie and I went into the piano room, and I showed it to her, and then she, because she's got a great ear and a great songwriting uh, thing, a capacity, tenacity, <laughs> yeah, tenacity. She knows all the chords, and. She's guitar George. She knows all the chords. George's chords. And she's like, well, why don't you just... She changed a couple things. To, and we very quickly, with lots of like spontaneity and energy, were just like, cool. That This is the structure of the song. If It could be cool as just you and me and a piano. And Drew got into it, and he got the guy working there to start miking a piano. Michael Harris. Michael Harris. Michael Harris. <laughs> Catfish. Catfish, Michael Harris. Catfish. Well, we'll get to catfish in a minute. He set the mics up as you do, and we set up two mics for us and just started making the song. We were screaming. We were l- recorded it live. And then Natalie goes in there and does those angel harmonies, those choir things. <laughs> it was so it was so fucking creative. And like spont, spont, you know, to, to have the tools of the studio at your disposal, trying a little tambourine, say no, that sounds like shit. Get it out of there. Yeah, no, music is <laughs> music is alchemy. It was, it was a touching and moving night for me. And then we had this song that we all felt like it's pretty special. Yeah. Um, I was moved. I think I was. I know I was tired. You know when you're really tired, and you're like. Mo- like get you get emotional and start kind of weepy. Yeah, that was definitely happening in that room <laughs> for me. <laughs> so then we had these five songs, kind of all went our separate ways, and I just I had a, a couple more in me. I, then I was inspired to do some more writing, and and I talked everybody into trying to get back into that space again. When do you have a couple more days? I think I went on some tours. I think some time passed. A lot of time passed. You know, we were doing other things, being busy. We are we're living our lives. It was summer. A lot, th- a lot of that break was during some summer. Some summer. <laughs> but I know because I had written some stuff on tour. I had written some... St- we did some... I did a little touring too. I did... I had written some songs in at my hotel in Minneapolis where I was had a day off. And and then I had gone to Vermont and Canada and wrote a song backwards after that experience. Um, hence the references to Canada and Sheridan Lake, which is a real place. Um, Sheridan Lake. Sheridan Lake. And so then we had like I had another bunch of songs. Natalie and I did a benefit together and we and we we did the Let It Be Jingle Jangle Country thing backstage. Was it the same venue? It was the Ace, yeah. Much less attended. <laughs> that's our that's our magic place. Yeah. When we ace. do the twentieth anniversary uh concert for this record. Yeah. It'll have to be at the Ace. <laughs> Fear of death, it's getting close. <laughs> yeah, it's getting closer. Let it be, let it be, let it be, 
Um, and then so we booked two more days. And we did... Who did we work with in that second session? Eliana Athade, my Your bassist. Your bass player. Yeah. You roped her in. Um, we got uh, Josh Adams on drums. And uh, who was playing? Oh, uh Catfish? Oh, no. Catfish, well, Catfish. Uh, and then your guitar player. Yes, uh, Mike Bloom. Yeah, there was, was Bloom and then... Uh, there was another guy there recording something else who was like a... Oh, Caleb was there. Caleb, Caleb was in the other room. <laughs> Caleb Landry Jones. <laughs> Caleb yeah. Landry Jones. He's an actor, right? Who also makes music like me? Yes. yes. Yeah, we looked at each other. You guys are both in Jordan Peele films. I, that's the... the another that's more, the more weird synchronicity. Keep, yeah. Yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen, we record backwards there, which I love. Property. Nobody that listens to the record likes that rec- that song. Backwards, really? Get on mic. Ba- <laughs> really backwards? People that 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 I sent the record to that write me back, tell me their favorite songs. Don't bring that one up. They yeah. all say nothing. But I love. What do they, say? they say nothing. Someone you can handle. Fear of death. Uh, property. Somebody mentioned. Yeah, I love property. We do property. We do backwards. We do little. We do no. We do let it be. Yeah, our version. <laughs> and we do oh, this is the trickiest one. Oh, how we drift away, which is remarkable because <laughs> it's remarkable. I it was the first we collaborated on that. I wrote the lyrics and you wrote the the music, which I've never yes. really done before. Mm-hmm. Have you ever done that before? No, first time. You got lyrics, almost like I'm Bernie Taupin all of a sudden. Yeah. That dynamic. And you would be Elton John. John. Um, it was tricky for you and me. It's tricky. I wrote a lot of complicated words. Yeah. I'm not really a I actually poet. think it was kind of easy for me. Once you got I the... I did chuck it out. Once you got the structure of it. Yeah, like I felt like it did flow with my vibe and there it wasn't too different from maybe how I would write something. And I don't know where I got this idea, but I wanted I had this I, I was I was in the, I was so inspired by doing this record and working with you guys and taking my my role in this as seriously as I could just to feel what that would be like like give yourself sort of I don't know if you do this with your songwriting, but give yourself like little like challenges for the song. Like what could I do in this song that I haven't done before? Mm. I see what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, I I try to challenge it per chord where it's like, how could I make this moment a little extra, you know, but it all is in within. For me, that song song was like, can I, can I do something narratively that kind of went big? Mm -hmm. Like went on a, went on a bigger, wasn't because a lot of my stuff is very like, small and specific and personal, but like very kind of, you, you know, unique to me, but maybe people can relate. But I was like, let's, let me see if I could paint like a big picture for the last verse. Yeah. I was embarrassed. I we call those broad strokes. Yeah. Like a big, like a Terrence Malick kind of verse. Yeah. And then I got the chords for that. I got the Terrence Malick chords. Yes. Very, beautiful chords and it's a weird thing to do this record that isn't really a, it's not a duets record although we sing together almost all the way through it's not a full it's a we didn't know what to we don't know how to handle what it is because it's like drew is very collaborative with it i wrote most of the songs 
everybody's chi- ch- you know chipping in. Then there's a song where it's just you singing. Like what is the what is it? It's your record. We all, we get that now. <laughs> I know. It's your record, and it's, we it, all it comes support from me. the musical growth that has happened since your last record. <laughs> and we're just here. We're just here. You know, as observers of your creative your, process, and you know, well, and you know, you're adding your own talents to yeah, it in a some, big way. We we let our flavors, and I'm grateful into there, and and there are no regrets. Yeah, there. Oh, there are. I'm. I don't have regrets yet, because for me, I I don't know. I I really love just making music and being spontaneous and not having yeah. that kind of pressure where you're like, oh, I'm a musician and this mm-hmm. has to be this way. You know, right. a lot of people in the music industry kind of live in trepidation and fear, but you kind of approach it in a more playful, generative yeah. way. So for me, it was really fun. It was I, fun. I had a good time. But also, you are going through this period, a very you know. I don't know, you can describe it as stressful if you want, but a lot going on. Yeah. A lot happening in your life. Yeah. Exciting, period. Really exciting. Still and, exciting. And still exciting. <laughs> it will it will degrade over time. Yes. Luckily. <laughs> but I was very grateful that you gave the time you had to this because it was like, you know, it was, you were probably exhausted and... Or, you know, being pulled in lots of directions. And well, I, it's funny. I didn't I didn't plan on giving you that much time, and that's probably why I gave you that much time. <laughs> right. It was like, at the onset, I thought I was just dropping in to yeah. sprinkle some fairy dust, but yeah. I did become a little more into it, and that is why it became a full album. You know, it was it was originally just a couple songs. Yeah. So. I, I, I feel a little guilty for keeping, going back to the candy uh, jar, because I'm an overeater. And have no yeah. self-control when it comes to, you know, chocolates. <laughs> you and I got lots of chocolate. To, and potato mm. chips. So I was like, you know, but I also like, I'm not a pushy guy either. So I felt like, well, if anyone ever feels like they're doing too much work on this or it's a burden, please, I will step back. But No, it never became burdensome. Because I don't, I don't think you were ever really like psychologically tripping. Like, no, you kind of knew what you wanted and, and yeah. we got there pretty fast. Exactly. That's the best thing. about, And it's hard to explain. I just want to try to explain it to people about how we were able to do this is the musicians were so good. And I think Drew had such a good sense of arrangement and uh, the kind of music we all liked that something happens where you learn the song, the band learns the song everybody's plugged in the right way and the levels are set the right way. You play the song a couple times and then it's done. Yeah, more or less. And that is the beauty of your songs. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, yeah, we could have slaved over it more. We probably. could have changed it and we could have, yeah, yeah. But no, no, I didn't mean that as an, un, like that a is dig. a compliment, right. honestly, because yeah, it was just one of those things that was really natural and, well, like in backwards, and we, they, people know chords, you know, Drew chose people that can do that. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. And it was just remarkable to see, like, you know, I went in into the studio with backwards and they're like, what do you want it to sound like? You know, like, what are you, what are you picturing? And I was like, well, it's like kind of like a Graceland song, which is the frame of reference that everyone got. And then within a minute, everyone's, you know, everyone's doing it and it just sounds right. You know, you're just like, that's our job. I guess it's our job, but it's, it's, you know, 
for a guy that maybe grew up playing with, you know, some, you know, amateurs, Neanderthals, Neanderthals, bad people. Um, it was, it was, it's so fun to go like just playing with pros is yeah. really something else. We are, we're the cream of the crop, but pros with good taste. Cause yeah. you could have gotten the guys that worked on the latest Aerosmith record. Yeah. And maybe they would have had a, a lot more to tell you. They would have had a lot more to say Yeah, cause they're trying to get publishing. <laughs> they would have been like, change this, change yeah. that. Or how do we make this more approachable to an audience? Have you listened to Joshua Tree? That's what they would have said. Well, we were going to bring in Daniel Lenoir. To do, <laughs> and, that, and then, so the last thing we'll say is, then we had uh, almost an album, but then we needed like, I felt we needed like three more songs. So we came to my studio here in my garage and did like a little mini yeah. session. And Drew and I were just e- eating weed gummies Oh yeah, <laughs> just blasting behind, into be, the stratosphere behind my back. <laughs> was not offered any. Oh, sorry. Well, you, you you needed to keep it straight. I need to stay focused. But we did Little Lamb, um, which we tried to play on guitar. That the, you and I tried to play the guitar part unsuccessfully. Hey, home recording's different. It was hard. To, I wrote a part that's hard. Yeah, but shouldn't be. But. So we recorded that. We recorded the prelude to feelings. And maybe that's it. Um, we did the horns here, too. We did some horns. They didn't really work out too well. Horns are hard. It's hard to get those <laughs> no horns, offense to the horns in tune. There were, it was a tough day. D- Drew had just come back from Europe. He was jet lagged. Yeah. It was out of his mind. Is that and how you feel? I am jet lagged as well. I feel really good right now. Did you get back today? Or I yesterday? got back yesterday. Oh wow! Yesterday morning. What time is it? Is it like morning time? Oh, we don't think. Who about, knows? You don't yeah. think about that. <laughs> you don't get into that. Um. What else do we want to say? What maybe, are your maybe Kenny Gilmore? What Kenny? Well. Uh-oh. I don't know. Kenny, Kenny <laughs> Gilmore Kenny. has been mixing. Yeah, he's been mixing. I don't Kenny, know. Gilmore. Kenny Gilmore mixed oh, my record. He's a real angel. He used to yeah. play with Ariel Pink and had a lot to do with Pom Pom and, and Mature Themes and was doing a lot of co-production for Ariel for many years. Well, I have not been able to give him many notes because they come in and they just sound great. So, Yeah, you've been... I haven't been giving him notes. I think they sound good. Yeah, they sound, they sound great. <laughs> um... Well, and then you, you and uh, you and Rado and Brian from the Lemon Twigs also spent some time on the record without me, right? Overdubbing and do, trying stuff. Right, I did a day with uh, Brian, and he played some guitars and redid like the guitar on Little Lamb and added mm-hmm. some Mellotron, a couple things, and then uh, and then Rado kind of played over some stuff one day, and then kind of did his. Brian Eno kind of running yeah. stuff through delays and stuff. And you, these guys really made a very far out version of nothing. Right, yeah. That I don't think you heard. It ended up. That's very up weird. Oh, wow. It's, I'm intrigued. <laughs> I, we should, we'll, we'll put it on as like a, we'll put it on this podcast as yeah. like an alternate mix. It was a little scary when I heard it because it definitely like freaked me out. There's lots of weird noises and stuff in it. It's terrifying. Yeah. You don't know who you're dealing with over here. Yeah. Just a bunch of weirdos. I, I know. It's like, leave my song alone. <laughs> stop. Stop. 
Stop trying to make it innovative. Like, yeah, dressing it up with with uh, lipstick and stuff. <laughs> it's like respect the craft. Experimental lipstick. Yeah. Um, but Drew, but uh, Drew, Drew agreed that we needed to peel that back a little bit. Yeah, like a mix. It was a, a nice. It, it was kind of cool. It was cool. Idea. It was very cool. You're a very cool guy. You got to go on adventures, and then you got to reel it back in. Yeah, yeah. You want everything to sound connected to each other. All right, uh, this is uh, Tim Heidecker speaking many months after that conversation. That conversation was from January of this year, the good old days. And uh, I, I can't remember what happened. I think we stopped recording or we started talking about uh, what is going to appear on the next episode. Uh, and it just kind of uh, strangely ended. So, hey. Thanks for listening, and uh, in the next episode, we are going to do a sort of a DVD commentary style listen to the record, and uh, we hope you'll listen and uh, check out the record everywhere you listen to music, timheideckermusic.com to uh, order the physical copy if you're so inclined. Thank you so much. <laughs>